came across a story about a man, a business owner, who, because of the pandemic and all of the upheaval and confusion and turmoil and how it affected so many businesses financially, was having a really hard time keeping food on the table for his family. And last Christmas was particularly difficult um, because his business had been affected so much. So the idea was money was tight and so gifts are gonna be few, but there was gonna be a great lesson that he would learn. On Christmas Eve, he saw that his little daughter had used up all the expensive gold paper gift wrapping to decorate one shoebox that she had put under the Christmas tree. Because of financial pressure, we have the tendency sometimes not to think right, think unbalanced. And so he found himself more concerned about where she had gotten the money to buy what was in the shoebox than the fact that his little daughter thought about getting a gift for him. So nevertheless, the next morning, Christmas morning, little girl filled with excitement, she brought the gift box to her father and she said, this is for you, daddy. As he opened up the box, the father was embarrassed by his overreaction the night before, regretting how angry he had been with her for using up all the expensive nice paper. But when he opened the shoebox, he found that it was empty. And again, without thinking, he said very harshly, don't you know, young lady, when you give someone a present, there's supposed to be something inside the package. The little girl looked up to him with sad eyes, tears rolling down, and she whispered, Daddy, it's not empty. I blew kisses into it until it was full. Now the father is now crushed. He fell on his knees, he put his arms around his little daughter and begged her to forgive him for his insensitive remark. And throughout the last year, he found himself, whenever he was discouraged or faced difficult problems, he would open that box, take out an imaginary kiss and remember the love of his beautiful child who had put it in there. The point of this story is this. Let's remember that the most precious gifts that we can ever receive are not material ones, but those that come directly from the heart. And in a very real sense, you and I have been given an invisible golden box filled with unconditional love from our Father in heaven. And there is no more precious possession that anyone could hold. Because the most precious gifts are those that are rooted and grounded in love. And I want to start our teaching out today with the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4. Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. When you go down to verse 13, it says, and now these three remain faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So we're gonna look at Christmas. We're gonna look at the birth of Jesus. We're going to look at this topic in the light of these three, faith, hope, and love. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, you may be very familiar with. Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. 
This is what the ancients were commended for, the saints of the Old Testament. The ancients in the scripture referred to those who stood in faith as it pertained to the promises of God. They lived and died by their faith that God would provide a redeemer for them. We go back to Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Then the Lord said to the serpent, you're familiar with the story of Adam and Eve, how the devil spoke through a serpent and tricked them to turn away from God. Then the Lord said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. This is the very first promise of a Messiah, a savior that would come to right the wrong that was done in the garden. And all throughout the ages, God's people have stood in faith, remembering the prophecies of the one to come. I want us to look at the main characters of the Christmas story and how faith, hope, and love operated in their lives, causing them to be the main participants of the story that's carried down all the way to this day, today. The story that has affected the life of every one of us. Let's talk about Mary first. The fact that Mary was a woman of faith is obvious by the way she conducted herself. I want to read to you from Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Again, the New Living Translation. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth in a village, a village in Galilee. To a virgin named Mary, she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. If you have found favor with God, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and now, and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Verse 38 is extremely important. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I believe that God chose Mary because of her love for him. She carried a hope inside her that caused her to have faith in the words of Gabriel. That hope and love gave birth to faith, and faith brought forth the Messiah. Notice that Mary did not resist the news that she would birth Jesus as God's servant. She was solely concerned with doing what he wished, recognizing that his challenge required her cooperation. She submitted to God's plan. By faith, she said yes, even though it didn't make sense in the natural, because of her love for the God of Israel, because of her hope that she carried in her heart from the scriptures. Faith developed in her, 
and gave her the ability to say yes to something that had never happened before. And all the history of mankind has never happened since. The course of all human history relied on the answer that Mary would give and the decision she made. Just as the future of the world may rely on our answers to the call of God on our lives. Let me ask you this question. Give us some thought. When was the last time you decided to cooperate with God instead of arguing with him why you can't do something? Maybe God's moving on your heart right now for you to step up and to help out at church. The first time I was asked to teach a Sunday school lesson many, many years ago, it took every ounce of faith on my part. Having overcome anxiety and panic attacks, the worst nightmare for me was to be able to, or to have to get up in front of a crowd and to speak. It was a challenge in me. It challenged me to the very depth, the very core of my being. And I believe that had I not stepped out in faith, scared, fighting anxiety on the inside, but I loved God. I loved his word. I had hope that he wanted to use me in that capacity. And therefore that love and that hope gave birth to faith on the inside. Yeah, it was a challenge for me to stand in front of a crowd of adults to speak, but I did it. May not have done it real well, but I did it and I broke through. Maybe God's asking you to lead a connect group or to join the evangelism team in order to share the gospel. It's going to take faith, but your first step is going to be do not resist the challenge. Do not begin to say, I can't do that. You may not be sure how it's going to happen, but do not put up a resistance to say, I can't do that. That's not me. Our willingness to step out is always going to be determined by our love for Jesus and our love for people. Mary did not resist. Mary said those words that echo through history, let it be done unto me according to your word. Let's talk about Joseph. Here's a man who would have been totally within his rights under Jewish law to break the engagement with Mary because she told him she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, yet she's still a virgin. He had faith because he knew God's promises. And one cannot have faith unless one knows what to have faith for and what to have faith in. Matthew chapter 2, verse 13 says, When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. He was talking about the wise men. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt, I called my son. When Herod realized that he had been outwitted by the Magi, the wise men, he was furious and he gave orders to kill all the, all the boys in Bethlehem in the vicinity who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. What a, what a story. What a position that Joseph found himself in. He's already trusted God to take Mary as his wife. She's brought forth her firstborn son. Now the wise men show up. After they leave, pretty much there's no secret anymore. All 
of the king, the king, the king's men, all of Jerusalem knows now that there's a baby that's been born and he's in Bethlehem. And so Joseph has to have the courage, the boldness to do what he needs to do, go to a strange land and flee there quickly. No time to think, no time to reason this out. Joseph's love for Mary and for Jesus caused him to make the decision and to believe the angel's message. Joseph's faith in God's ability to protect him allowed Jesus to escape the slaughter that took place in Bethlehem with children two years and under. When was the last time you did something completely on faith just because you heard God? And he told you something that didn't really make sense, naturally speaking. Maybe, maybe during this holiday season, God is nudging you to bless someone who's struggling financially. And you're fighting the thoughts that you have need yourself. Just do it. Do it. Even if you have doubts, do it and watch God use you to bring joy to someone's heart. Then sit back and watch how he blesses you in return. Because you can never outgive God. No matter what you give, he's always going to reward you more and reward you spiritually, emotionally, physically, financially. Like a good father, he will find a particular way to bless you in accordance with the sacrifice that you've made. Faith, hope, and love. Let's talk about the wise men, the magi. They're called wise because of their knowledge of the scriptures and the movement of the stars. Okay. These men are the descendants of those who hundreds of years before had studied under Daniel in Babylon. If you remember the story of Daniel, he's transported to Babylon from Jerusalem after the destruction of the temple. Hundreds of years before this. And so Daniel, having favor with God in the king's eyes, was appointed as the teacher and the head over all of the segment of society of their time called the Magi, the wise men. They operated in astronomy, mathematics, all the sciences of that day. And they were taught by Daniel about the ancient scriptures. And so for hundreds of years, from generation to generation, this group of individuals, the wise men, studied the scriptures that Daniel brought to Babylon. Then by faith, they decided to make a journey to Judea because the scriptures they had studied told them that the birth of a new king in Israel would be marked by a star appearing in the east. They studied this under Daniel in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi, wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Verse 9 says that after they, had, after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, 
and bowed down and worshiped him. Obviously, Joseph and Mary stayed in Bethlehem after Jesus's birth. Rented a house, found some place to live. And by the time the wise men get there, it could possibly have been two years later. And they opened their treasures and presented it with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What was all this a result of? This was a result. Their love and their respect for the God of Israel caused hope and faith to rise in their hearts. Remembering all that Daniel had taught their ancestors centuries before. Faith in the word of God caused them to take a long journey, knowing not what they would find. Their love for the scriptures, their love for this God that they hadn't known yet, gave hope that their journey wouldn't be fruitless, but it would be very productive. When was the last time you decided to act on the word, no matter what it said, no matter how difficult it would be, or how far it would take you? This is the season to let faith arise again. We know that the Bible tells us to go spread the word and make disciples of all nations. The challenge is doing it, acting on the word just because God said so. When they saw that star that previously was not in the position that it was, when they saw that star, and we don't know if it was one gigantic star, we don't know if it was a conglomeration of planets that came together. Whatever it was, it was something that got their attention. And that caused hope to just jump up in their hearts, which developed into faith. And faith caused them to take that journey. But when was the last time that God spoke to you to just do something because he said so? We know we're told to go make disciples of all nations. It's a challenge. We know that the Bible tells us to put God first in our finances. Do it. Just because the Bible says so. Just because the word of God tells us to. Do it. Put God first in your finances. We're rewarded for our obedience to the word, not just for our knowledge of the word. We don't get rewarded because we have knowledge of the word. We get blessed from God. We receive reward from God because we act on the word. No one goes to heaven just because they know about Jesus. They go to heaven and spend eternity with God because they act on the word of God to confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Evidence that we put our trust and our faith in him. Whatever God's telling you to do in the word, whatever the word is speaking to you when you open up the Bible, do it. Do it. The Holy Spirit is leading you, but he can't make you act on it. It's your choice. We cooperate with him. Let's talk about the shepherds. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 tells us, that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. You know, shepherds spent most of their time out away from the cities and villages due to the fact that they were looked down upon because of their profession. 
And during this time, Bethlehem was especially packed because of the tax census. And they would have to stay outside the city, out in the fields, far away from the scrutiny of so many upper-class outsiders. However, having heard the news, they marched into Bethlehem, dirty, smelly, and all, ignoring the threat of embarrassment and intimidation, leaving their flocks their only means of income in order to act on the news that they had just received. Verse 15, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. It was just as the angel had told them. Hope, faith, and love will cause you to take action. When was the last time you overcame the fear of what people would think about you? Or the threat of being ostracized or the threat of personal loss of income? in order to share the great news that you've received from the Lord. When was the last time you didn't care what someone was going to think about you, but you were going to tell them about what Jesus has done for you in your life, how he's impacted you, how he's changed you, how he's opened up doors of opportunity, how he's comforted you in a time of suffering, in a time of adversity. When was the last time you chose to throw off that fear of being laughed at, mocked. Maybe you've lost some friends because of your testimony in the past. Maybe people on your job have talked about you. But this is the season now, like the shepherds, not to be concerned about what people are going to think or say, not to be concerned about what consequences you may have to pay. But right now it's time for us to love people enough to give them the hope of the gospel and do it in faith. My prayer is that this Christmas, we would allow the stories of the people involved to move us into a place of fresh faith, a new experience in trusting God to do what he said he would do. I also pray that this Christmas would cause us to have a fresh appreciation for all Jesus has accomplished for us that those of us who have not yet made a commitment to put their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior would at this time grab a hold of this message from God, that he loves you, that he's not holding your sins against you, that he's already taken the payment of those sins and placed it on his own son, Jesus, at the cross. But as you see, we can't separate the manger from the cross. Jesus came to earth, born flesh and blood and bone body, specifically, Two reasons, to reveal the Father to people who had forgotten about him and to go to the cross and become the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I pray that this message has been a blessing to you. I pray that it would inspire you. I pray that it would light some hope and faith on the inside of you and a fresh revelation of how much God loves you. I pray that you'll take a step and that you'll invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life, that you would declare your faith in him as your savior, 
that you would take this step to receive eternal life. And I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Merry Christmas. God bless you all.